0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Out of Your Head podcast. I'm Johnny Nelson, and this is episode 16 with a very special guest, Jessica Mitlow. Jessica is literally one of my favorite people in the world. She is such a stinking delight. We know each other from both teaching at the Second City, uh, where Jessica teaches improvisers of all skill levels and all ages. She also teaches writing and she has directed for the Second City's National Touring Company uh, as well as assisted directed on Second City's main stage production of South Side of Heaven, which is one of my favorite shows. Jessica has directed more than 40 shows at this point, productions. One of one of which was mine. She uh, directed a two-person show for me that I wrote. And uh, my gosh, she's even also working right now for The Nursery, which is uh, an improv theater in England. She's got her finger in many pies. She's so cool. Uh, And one of my favorite, most um, conscientious, artsy, hilarious friends. (laughs) And I, I can't sing her praises enough, obviously. Well, You're going to love this episode because everyone who meets Jessica loves her. In this episode, we talk about comedy theaters closing and reopening, taboo comedy when yes and is the wrong choice, people who are too nice and just generally needing something new and fresh when it comes to live entertainment. I hate to pick a favorite episode, but this is probably it. I love everyone equally, but this is probably my favorite episode. Hey, and if you can do me a favor, too, and wherever you're listening, if you could subscribe, comment, leave a review, that sort of thing, that means a bunch to me and will help uh, spread the podcast seed upon the fields. Come on, dance, Work up a the dance in the middle of the night. Come on, dance, Work up the dance in the middle of the night, yeah. Yeah. Jessica. We've actually known each other for quite some time.
1: It's been a long time now.
0: And not only that, we've played, we've seen each other through pretty big milestones. Not to mention that you married me and Matt... (laughs)
1: one of my favorite uh, credits to my name. Anytime someone mentions you and they're like, Johnny's great. I'm like, I know Johnny's great. I married (laughs) him and his
0: husband. (laughs) You get a special bit of ownership because of that.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's a very, uh, I catch myself being like, don't be territorial over this friendship. But also if
0: something goes wrong in our marriage, there's also an equally uh, important amount of ownership that you take for that too.
1: I feel so confident in your marriage <laughs> that I would take responsibility. I oh feel so confident in you and Matthew.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I have to start out by telling you something that I love about you so much.
1: <gasps> Thank God.
0: And I, I want to know if you've heard this before. One of my favorite things about you as a person is you are so positive, but you've got some grit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you do you
0: you know what i mean
1: i do know what you mean
0: because there's nothing worse than just a positive person
1: yes and i think that that is something (laughs) that people are always a little surprised about because especially people be like you're so nice how could you but also you kind of that was a a strong thing to say in that moment
0: which is a like such like it's my preference in general like the people I gravitate to are like generally more positive than negative, you know, but then it all falls apart if they're just positive. I, it's so vanilla.
1: Yeah. And it's not real. Yes. Right. Like there's that part of you that I think I've, I've been realizing how often like, yeah, that positive or negativity in what you're attracted to in a person. And I think that there is something when someone's like just positive that you're like, yeah. I don't fully believe What you're saying.
0: Yes. There's also this flip side of the coin, too, where, like, I have to get over being, like, uncomfortable around people who aren't always smiling at me.
1: Uh (laughs) Especially after this year, right? When it was, like, I had the first interaction. I've been traveling or traveling. I went to Ohio to visit my family for a month. You
0: were traveling.
1: (laughs) And I came home and walked into my courtyard for my apartment. And I saw... Someone in the apartment building who's home, to home, oh. home to Chicago or home to? Home to Chicago. So after being in Ohio. Yeah. And in that month, all of the regulations kind of opened up. And so it was my first time. I wasn't wearing a mask walking into my courtyard. Someone yeah. who was not wearing a mask was walking towards me. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, oh, really great. Thank you. Have a good day. And I hadn't realized how ready yeah. for a conflict I had been. In that moment, like how tense I was until this person, I feel like just walking down the street, I haven't gotten like smiles or positive hellos or greetings just because we're all masked up Yeah, protecting yourself. You're
0: so far behind the mask, like that you just feel like what's the point of like doing like the hello sort of thing, especially to like a stranger.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're right. There's something like, I think just even covering your face that you're like, oh, I must not be allowed to talk and it's like
0: no that's not true i I don't know if i've ever felt that way but i'm not allowed to talk because of a mask
1: people people recognize me uh because of my distinctive hairstyle walking around my neighborhood all the time and i feel like after this last year they might be like and she's so mean
0: no pish posh
1: thank you
0: um so I wanted so Jessica is a director as we've already touched on and uh is a performer as well and a writer and just has been in the comedy world for a long time. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about like this coming year uh-huh. as sketch shows are getting underway as like comedy's coming back. Um the subject matter. <laughs> Matt and I saw a sketch show and <laughs> <laughs> We both uh-huh. felt there was uh there were some like covid jokes in it. And like we were both like um not like at the expense of like someone but like references to covid. Yeah. And we were like oh you know what? This conversation feels like it's tired already, doesn't it? Yes. And um you're in the weird position of like you can't ign- completely ignore it, right? But there was part of it like like, you know, if you still gotten into an Uber today and you talked about to the Uber driver about being in an Uber and asked him what it's like, it's like, okay, we've done that now for like seven, eight, nine years. Yes. Uh, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I feel that way with like when we went to this the show, wherever it was, I won't I disclose. I can't imagine. Um,
1: there are so many there, sketch shows that are they're running happening in Chicago. right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the show was... Uh, this it just only I mean there's only a couple jokes but we were just like oh I don't know if I want to hear any jokes I almost want them to like skip the joke or like acknowledge that that joke's out there and then just kind of move on you know it's very interesting I don't know do you have any thoughts I, about about that in the comedy world
1: Yeah I 100 percent agree I feel like as soon as you're in the room I think that's one of the greatest things about sketch comedy and mm-hmm. especially live sketch comedy which is that you can truly be reacting to the current moment. And I think we saw that a lot with, like, the Trump material. Yeah. That it was like, it felt like for one week you had to talk about it, and then the next week it was already dated in a real way. And I think that that's the same thing about COVID. We've been talking about it so much. I, um, I look over a lot of satirical essays, and so... Um, One of the trends I noticed for a while was like, oh, you had to talk about COVID. And I think that there are still angles that you haven't seen yet. But they're few and far between. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that you'd almost have to be so surprising. But I think that almost opens us up to like, if you're doing a topical show for a large group of people, what do you think you have to cover? Mm. And I guess at this point, I would almost say like, Nothing. You don't have the obligation to talk about anything because everyone else is talking about it. Every other comedy source is already talking about it. Um, probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, we've already seen weeks of it before you get to that live show.
0: Yeah. I wonder, too, if we're just going to, like, you know, over the past... I don't know how long. There's been a while where comedy's been shifting so much, too, right? Where, like, um, not only, like was this last administration so like like weird and it's like it's almost too bizarre to handle, right? Yeah. Like the the countries become more polarized and um more um, I think there's more things that people would consider offensive um in general that you're you're working to avoid and and be mindful of. And of course your goal would never hopefully to be mean spirited to begin with, but just to know what's like what yeah. people can feel bad about even if you didn't mean something bad by it, right? So you're you're kinda like I don't know. The um I wonder if we're gonna see a shift away from all this like political based comedy that's like grown so much in the past years, like Jon Stewart and like all those like news based shows. And if it's just gonna like have to go back to like Wackadoo character, Jim Carrey, like (laughs) you know what I mean? Like Adam Sandler, sort of just like that kind of comedy because it seems like it's a, it's a land, uh, a landfill, what's, landmine? What's, a landmine? Yeah. When the, when there's a lot of landmines, what do you call that?
1: A space with a lot of landmines. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a space <laughs>
0: with a lot of landmines, right? Yeah. And so like, you know, like comedy does like ebb and flow. And I'm wondering if you're, we're going to see a shift away from like, maybe not I, that political um comedy because it's so hard to to handle and, and the audience is always so, I don't know, on the extremes you have a feel?
1: I do. I Yeah, I'm like, yes. Uh, I have noticed myself. I was even thinking today, like, so much of the comedy that I want to see, whether it's like in a rehearsal or in a classroom, I've noticed that I personally am like, this has to be fun.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. why would
1: I be watching something if it is not bringing me joy? And I've seen really great political pieces, but they still have to hit an element of like joy and unexpectedness. I think it's just harder which I'm not mad about. (laughs) I would love to see, again, because what we're watching is so much great stuff from John Oliver, or like Patriot Act I felt like made really serious topics so fun and dynamic to watch. And so I think that there's just a level of Again, are you doing this because you think we have to check this box? Right. Or are you bringing something new to the conversation? Are you adding an element of theatricality? Are you adding an element of like surprise or they only you can talk about this or this like convey something unique that I think is good?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. There has to be something playful and joy there. And I think I think too many people lean into the fact that I'm going to say something I know the audience will like. And will misconstrue cheering for that point of view as it being comedic.
1: <laughs> I was just listening to a stand-up comedian who I don't remember the name of talk on a podcast about that exact thing. I
0: might have heard that same. is that, that, maybe where that thought came from. I feel like that was not mine.
1: No, I, yeah. But it was the same idea yeah. that like now we've gone in the last couple of years of being in a space where you say something and everyone does cheer and applaud, but when does that become having to make a joke?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we must have listened to the same podcast. That must be. How where exciting.
1: That came from. <laughs> <laughs> true friends.
0: People
1: picked to podcast. And
0: not remembering which one it was.
1: <laughs> but I think I hadn't really thought about that before. Or I guess also because I don't hang out a lot in the stand-up world where yeah. it's like, oh, I hadn't necessarily seen that shift. Um, but I believe it to be true.
0: Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. I'm interested too to like. Now, a days in Chicago, like something I think that is true is that actually we have like a pretty liberal audience. So also making sure that that comedy is like making fun of ourselves even more than like pointing out a problem that everyone in the room agrees with, right? So it's like, what again is the new topic or the new way of thinking about it? But if the entire room already agrees, why would you spend, if I'm not shedding new light on a topic, what am I doing? I feel
0: completely, as someone who's, liberal and frustrated (laughs) oftentimes with liberal people i feel like that's exactly the angle that like needs more exposure from from ourselves yes is that self you know deprecating like sense of humor rather than scoring a point that we already like know the point's going to be scored you know what i mean like we we
1: all agree on
0: this you know it's like wait, what can we say about ourselves yeah
1: yeah and especially in those spaces some spaces really do bring together like a melting pot of people, but few do in the live community right now. So if you know your audience already thinks something coming in, how are you yeah. playing with that expectation? Yes. Um, yeah, I think oh, that that's Oh man,
0: I want to exciting. reference a joke I heard on Instagram the other day, but I can't remember the Chicago performers' names. I better not. But it was it was a good example of like the first half of the joke was Oh, never mind. I'm so sorry. No, everyone. we have I, to. I I can't say it because I because I can't remember for certain who who said it, but it was it was doing that very thing where it's like, it was making fun of us. The first half of the joke was making fun of like the liberal point of view, and then the second half, like I don't know, it it, it felt like that it. There was like another joke there that was supposedly making fun of the conservative point of view, but it was like just just end on the yeah. making fun of us liberals. <laughs> it's fine.
1: Yeah, like, but in rooms where liberals have the power, you have to make fun of the liberals, right? Yeah. like and that's not um, that's not every room, but it is being aware of who the audience is, and I feel like a lot of the times when I walk into a class now, but that has even shifted a little bit, which has been interesting as what like, is? things who who the audience is now that it's not. People who have had to travel to be in a classroom in the same yeah. physical location. Yep. There is something really exciting about opening up a Zoom room and having a true, still not super, super diverse in terms of yeah. uh, thought, but more than before, which has been exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. I'm also like, just to real briefly touch on like Zoom stuff, I will say, like, in the last couple of weeks, I realized actually <laughs> how much I actually do love having those classes on Zoom. I love that because I've gone through such an arc of like, ah
1: no. <laughs> are you are you in person? Are you teaching anything in person or directing? I am. Anything I'm, I'm in teaching.
0: Person? I'm teaching one class in person right now, an adult like level one class, and they're all wearing masks, and it's so much harder than online. Yeah, and it's um just so the thing that I was going to say about what I liked about um zoom that I didn't realize is I didn't realize cuz I it was the first time stepping back to in person and with a mask on they all looked like kind of terrified the whole time I just saw their eyes right yeah. and so like I was trying to loosen them up but then I also remembered that like man that's often the feeling in a room for the first day anyways but then I thought about it and I was like I almost never felt that online. And I taught a bunch of drop-ins and first day classes, and people were just more comfortable at home immediately. Yeah. Bizarrely I, so. Like there was less of a hurdle.
1: I I love that because I think it's true. And in some ways, okay. Oh, can I have you pull
0: that Like just a little closer there? Here? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got it. Um Yeah, I think the same thing. And it's also because in some ways you're asking more of them because it's like, I see your bedroom. Like, hey, (laughs) is that your roommate who just like yelled over there? Yeah, Mm -hmm. or like, uh, I was teaching a, I teach a private uh, class for a woman and every day she'll be like, all right, and I have to tell my child um, that I'm not dying. And she'll be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm in improv class, I'm not dying (laughs) because the amount of times that she's like (laughs) yelling or screaming and the daughter will walk in and be like, hey, (laughs) like that's really vulnerable. Yeah, There is a level, first of all, that can never happen because we are just too far away. So I would not be working with this person. Uh Um, But also there's a true level of freedom that comes when you can go and open up the door or like people are taking chances that I feel like they might not take in a rehearsal space where it's like, these are our walls. This is the playing area. Yeah, You know the rules.
0: Yep, 100%.
1: I am hesitant to teach in person while people are still wearing masks. That was right, kind of a
0: rightly so line in the sand. I think I'm um, happily taking a paycheck. <laughs> 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 is that awful to say? No, no. I'm- but also, here's the thing: is um, it? It. The second time we met, it felt easier. I also went in with the with the point of view this, for the second class of like I'm not going to worry about making them laugh or have fun i just gonna communicate clearly the exercises and the point of view um because you know you put that stress on yourself we've talked about this before you put that stress on yourself to like make it fun yes. of course of course yeah right why wouldn't you however <laughs> when like you know the class is like just looks at you like nervous eyes behind a mask it's <laughs> like they might be actually grinning at me from ear to ear you know yeah Um, and just not laughing as much, um, because they're nervous. But, um, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to like, let it be whatever it needs to be. And it felt better that way too. Way better.
1: I'm interested in that too, because I think something that, um, the improv community is not really talking about, or like I have not necessarily received any training on, but one of the things that we're talking about at the theater I work at in London is like how to train teachers because I do think that coming back in person is harder than we've expected. So like I actually think even if I'm enjoying this improv class, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm closer to this person. Like this, these are a lot of people. Like that it's not the improv. It's like, oh, I'm doing something I haven't done for a year and that is actually playing out mentally in a whole bunch of other ways. It's more stressful than I thought and I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think everyone's like, we're just gonna go back in person. It's gonna be great for everyone. And I think everyone's like, this is great. And I'm also exhausted and kind of stressed out, and I don't know why.
0: Matt and I have been saying that about hanging out with people. Yeah. Like, as we're starting to hang out with people, um, my husband and I, um, we are like, we're like, oh man, like, I always having like low level anxiety about everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I just power I do through too. it. I do too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we should talk about this. Um, in general, I, I I feel this way, but like in, more like there's like been a couple like in person things, and I'm like, oh, like I wanted to like kind of like dart out a little early and whatnot. And he was um, Matt was observing that same thing. Really? Yeah. Of like, oh yeah. Um. Especially, we saw some people too that we like don't know as well. Yeah, and that felt like like oh man, we're gonna we're gonna hang for a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. With There's, these, yeah, yeah. It was these weren't like like best best friends, you know. But they were people that were like oh we haven't, you know.
1: Yeah, I just got invited to something and it was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, oh, and can so and so and so and so come along? And I was like, oh. Yeah, but I noticed, and maybe that's part of it too, is that for a year we've had to be so like, what's worth it, right? Or like, oh, I do want to see this person and I'm willing to take these risks. And now I feel like maybe it's just more in tuned with like, I don't want to spend my time there. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with it, but I am aware that like my emotion went down and I never would have given myself the space to do that before to be like, well... I'm sure they're fine. Or like, I'm sure that restaurant's fine, but I don't know that I want to spend my time at that restaurant. Today. I
0: think there's something like across the board true about like feeling like we've had more options to be choosy this past year. Yes. And like, and I don't know how long we're going to try to like hold on to that or how long we're going to th- think we can be able to hold on to that. We're like, nope, sorry. Life's a moving forward. Yep. But like, <laughs> there's certainly a feeling of like, Oh, I don't want to disrupt my day for something. <laughs> like I got so used to like living a retired, semi-retired yes. life, where it's like, oh yeah, like you know, I, I'm gonna go work online for a little bit and then, poof, I'm done. <laughs> you yes. know,
1: that, I got a message, a work message on my way here, and it was like, hey, did you take care of this, this, and this? And I was like, I'm not working right now, and I feel like um, I know for a fact. Four months ago, I would not have thought that, that it really was, yeah, it's like yeah, slowly I'm, I'm drawing calm. those boundaries of being like, oh wait, this is when I do this yeah. and this is when I don't. Um, which is constantly, to your point, being tested and I don't know if in a week I'll have the same uh, boundary that I do right now. Yeah. But it's been interesting to play with it and to hear other people advocating for theirs and to be like, oh, when do we line up? And when do we not? And what happens when we don't? And it's like, okay, then we're not, getting together and that's okay too we're like oh then we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this this way okay um which is cool
0: okay just total um total guess Uh shot in the dark you know we've had a year where you know like almost all the performing arts went away or tried to stay online and it was not worth watching in my opinion um (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i feel like Oh, cool. Like like studying on, online was okay for mm-hmm. the performing arts and taking like acting classes and improv and whatever and writing classes. I feel like there was value in that, but I felt like everything I saw that was performed online, I was like, no thanks <laughs> um, for me. Uh, but you know, like theaters are gone. Maybe people moved away. People moved yes. you know, out. Do you have a sense of like, maybe more even specifically in Chicago of like, I'm going to phrase this to you two ways. Do you have a sense of what might emerge? Or two, I'm going to give you a magic director wand. (gasps) And like, what would you want to emerge? Because I know you have like such um, an already artsy and like fun sense of what you like anyways. Like if you're like rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do you want to
1: see more of? I'm really excited to see more grassroots endeavors um i was talking maybe a couple months ago with a woman who put together a whole series of theater performances in the windows of places so you did like a walking tour through the neighborhood and just saw like snippets (laughs) of and i was like that was
0: it silent or did you have like an audio component you were listening to
1: i don't know because she was just i she i missed it oh okay um but i think it was silent but i might be wrong about that okay but i think it was like walking through like kind of a gallery of performance that's cool um and watching like Stepping Stone Theater has started to do some like live performance stuff and it just looks like people sitting in chairs, watching comedy, laughing and like, that's it. And it looks <laughs> like really fun. Like it's like, oh, that's a room I would be excited to walk into yeah. um, and more experiences. So I think that that's part of it too is I think when I think about the shows that I did not enjoy watching, uh-huh. it's um, I don't think it's because it's better live. I think it's because when I'm in person with the show, I can't leave. And there's just <laughs> yeah, this yeah. element of like...
0: There's a lot of truth to that. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I think when people are like, oh, the improv here isn't better than here. I'm like, it's the same improv. You're just... It's not the same because an audience has bought in and they know that they're not going anywhere for yes. 60 minutes. Where if I'm on my computer... B- click. Yeah. Easy choice. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited just to see all performance care about the audience more. Because I think that was part of what happened to me was like, oh, maybe I don't. It's not that I don't want to see a virtual version of a play. It's that I probably didn't want to see that play. Um, or I don't want to sit and be talked at anymore. So now when I go to any kind of performance, I don't need like audience participation, but I do want to feel like my presence matters in some way. And that going there is an experience beyond what typically has been a theatrical experience, which is that like I get dressed up. I wait in line. Maybe we get dinner before or we get dinner after. Or we get drinks. Like that I think there's something about the whole experience even more than the product. And I'm willing to change my mind about this, but it was one of the biggest things I felt was like, oh yeah, that production wasn't good. But I don't know. I think why we go to the theater is a little different than just watching the art that's on stage. And I think giving ourselves credit or hopefully making theater that takes advantage of all those other reasons why people go to a theater.
0: And... just to be like a little bit more on the nose with it, like what are some of those other things that like, yeah, if like you're like just brainstorming out loud. Like this is like, I want to see like these sort of variables used more. I want to see them like, like what does it mean to like not just perform up there, but like invite the audience out? And yeah, of like, I
1: think I want to see more like, I think the great thing about comedy is that we get to make a joke out of the given circumstances. Yeah. So I would be interested in like, if I'm going to go see a comedy show, not just wearing a mask, but like it being a joke of how far apart we are or how close we are or like playing with proximity in a way that doesn't make it feel like we're ignoring it or doing something that we have to do responsibly, but we're actually like making it's a joke out of, of it. it. Yeah. And that um, if we know a show is going to be shorter, how do you take full advantage of that show being a little bit shorter? Um having like a ticking clock like how do you just make us aware
0: yeah instead of pretending like these like caveats are like we're just gonna ignore them and do the best within this context as we can it's like how do you incorporate those yes caveats as well yeah um you know i think you and i have talked a couple times about like for me as weird as it sounds like my favorite one of my favorite shows i've two of my favorite shows i've ever seen in chicago haven't been comedy or improv they've been The Fly Honey Show, the best, which is I I think the I don't maybe you could describe it better. I think it's um, the whole idea of it is like they invite people who aren't dancers and performers into a routine with professional dancers and performers and musicians, and it's very uh, body positive, like dancing and like it's the coolest. Like you walk in there and it's like. Your, like, hair stands up on your arms because, like, it's, like, there's a jazz band playing. It's, like, feels like a party's happening. They, like, move through the audience. My my friend Eli, who directed me and Eli and things, uh, has, like, the best physicality in the world as, like, a bigger guy, too, and just, like, fucking killed it in that show. And it was so fun to, like, cheer for him. And, like, this context was such a party. Yeah. And the other show, I think it may have changed its name a number of times. It's that... um, it's that like, I don't know how to say it, like a speakeasy sort of circus that you like had to go to a, I mean, was, was it Midnight Circus or? Um,
1: Sanctuary, Ca- Sanctuary yes. Circus. Yes. And it was in that like church. Those are my two favorite shows. Yes. In the city. As
0: and well. they were like such an experience. And there's so much that was in that show that was kind of breaking your expectation. Maybe that's how people felt about um, uh, Too Much Light Makes yeah. the Baby Go Blind when it was in its like heyday.
1: Yeah, where you would like, and they did the same thing, right? So like you roll a die to pay. pay
0: yeah, to figure out how much you're going to pay your ticket. Yes, <laughs> yes I remember that. Like, Fuck, I got wrong. the more expensive ticket. <laughs> uh, those, this like, doesn't feel fun.
1: <laughs> those dice had to be weighted, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel, I'm not accusing them, but. But,
0: but you might as well as I'm, I'm
1: accusing them, yeah. yes. Um. Yeah, all And then things. they
0: what they would do is for people who haven't seen it, they would like, they'd have it, uh, 99 scenes a 100 mm-hmm. scenes on like um, wires and they'd reach up and they'd grab one of those like numbers and they'd perform that scene. And those scenes could be anywhere from like sketch comedy to weird performance art pieces to I saw a girl uh, like wear, wearing a skirt, dropped her panties and took an ice cream cone and just like shoved it in her. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, that's, that's right. that. And that's that was right. that piece. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: that's so funny. I was gonna say that the scene, I always think of remembering the neo-futurists is that they had three people come on stage and just write letters and you just watch them write letters yeah. while, while music played. So I like that our two scenes are so very different yeah. <laughs> from each other, Are <laughs> examples of what you would see.
0: God. Um, it was very funny when I saw that show, I think it was right, right when I moved to Chicago. And it it um, you could feel that even though they updated the scenes, it felt like it was from it was cutting edge in like 90s or the 80s whenever it started and they didn't I don't know and there was some elements of that were pretty like lecturing the audience and I was like "Mm, nah but I get it I get what I get I get that this is a fun cool different experience and interesting but there was some there was some elements about it that as a show I was like yeah
1: I agree. <laughs> and I think I was like, oh, I really like this version of what it could be in my head, taking all of these things, but like adjusting them slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's something in that too that like, what is it about being an audience that you're like, this is, there's something off.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Or it, this feels dated to a circle all the way back to what we started with the COVID material, right? Oh, Where yeah, it's right. like, oh, this just feels not relevant and that that can happen with material, but it can also happen with structure or like the format or because i think something that threw me off in that in that show was that it was so part of the joy of it is that it's so pushed together but i was like oh like um frantic
0: Uh but i think
1: there was almost a part of me that wanted it to be like a little more like put together in some way and i was like oh that's not more
0: polished yeah
1: i think so um but I think that there was an element of like, even just watching people like throw the numbers. I feel yeah. like I'm really diving deep into this, the show. No, please but do. They, they're wanted... not
0: around. You can't, you can't hurt them anymore.
1: Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> then I have a lot of opinions. Um, <laughs>
0: We're not going to uh, affect their roll of the dice ticket sales.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there was just something about it that wanted it to be a little more clever in that way. That you see, you see something that used to serve you. What are the things that used to serve us don't anymore
0: yeah 100 percent. um uh, i was gonna ask you this as as a director um what do you like what do you feel as a director what makes a good director because you have this weird thing right where it's like you have to deal with the um what the ensemble thinks is funny. Mm -hmm. You have to deal with what maybe you think you might think is funny. You have to deal with what we all might think the general public think is interesting, or I should say interesting or funny considering. Um, um, What do you feel like, what are some of the good traits as a a director that like you appreciate (laughs) and like, how do you navigate some of those uh, different, Expectations of like what a show should be from everybody in the cast and like yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's
0: a loaded question. No, there's I a lot love of parts it. I gave you already. I,
1: Um, I think there's an element of taking ownership over it without being in control of it. If that makes sense, like yeah, I care about this and I am going to breathe life into everything, but it's not about doing it my way. And I guess also. Something that has helped me in sketch comedy is knowing that all I have to do is like so many things are better when I'm like, here's what I see. Here's the problem. Here's how I think to fix it. But that doesn't mean I want you to fix it exactly how I told you. And so often with that liberty of then someone going away and being like, here's what I did. It's like, oh, yeah, that's so much better. Like Mm. that I can diagnose. Um it's not having an end goal of what something has to be in terms of either a scene or a show. show but being honest about being like oh this um this doesn't work and it's missing x y or z so being clear about what a scene needs and what an actor needs that isn't about fixing it's not your job to go in and like give a line reading or tell exactly what that joke should be. Um, But it is about helping someone hear the rhythm of a scene if they don't maybe hear it or helping someone to have the technical tools. If maybe they're lacking those technical tools of like, oh, it's the dialogue is too clunky. Here's a simple technique that you probably don't know to help fix that dialogue. So I think one of the things that I really find watching a director To be really exciting is when someone clearly has a point of view and clearly cares, Mm -hmm. but they're using it to add an element of freedom to the process rather than an element of control. And I don't think I had that when I first started, which I think is also why I value it so much when I watch someone do it. I'm like, oh, you let something happen and grow, and you picked the best parts of it to keep developing. Mm -hmm. You didn't like micromanage that plant into growing the exact way you thought that plant needed to grow in order to create the bouquet you had decided in your head should be there
0: yeah that's good you know there's also this other component of this too and like you and i both have the experience of some of the avenues that we've worked in um that the um you sometimes or maybe even oftentimes get to like Try the show out in front of the audience. Yeah, which that's a different animal, and that's a you get, you get. There's different like, I don't know. The whole process then becomes different, right? Because there's so much more guesswork in a show that you didn't test out. You know, uh, the two man show that you kind of yeah. came in and did some directing yes. on. Yes, that show. I wish I would have had um, set myself up to do some previews on and test that show. Because um, we, we, you know, it's so hard to create that stuff in a vacuum. Like, every stand-up goes out and tries their jokes over and over, right? Yeah. Second City creates a show um, that has... How long is that process? Like, 10 weeks.
1: 10 seven, weeks. Seven nights to test a week out for 10 weeks.
0: In front of, like, a bunch of people. Like, yeah, that... That show's often really good, but it better be fucking good. Yeah. Ten weeks. Yes. <laughs> you're like that's so much time to test out material. Like that's such uh, an awesome opportunity, but you know when you create something in a vacuum, and like try to like figure out that process, that's a whole different beast, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest. I don't. I would be hesitant. Obviously. Obviously, there's no way to control it, and you're yeah. always like, okay, I'll do whatever. I would always. I would always rather test something in front of an audience. And I think nine times out of 10, this is a McNapier thing. I think. Uh, <laughs> Give him like, credit
0: regardless and I'm maybe misconstrue it. He
1: pro- if it wasn't McNapier, he probably told whoever it was yeah, and right. it filtered through. But like, if you're testing something in front of an audience, it also takes away so much of the work. Like, if I'm an actor bringing in a scene and I just test it in front of the audience, that tells me so much more than if I'm sitting yeah. at my computer for an yeah. hour trying to write something and the same thing if I'm a director who's like, I don't know if this works or not. Let's go back and forth and talk about it. Right. Or let's put it in front of an audience and immediately tell like what a joyful way to create material and like
0: Also, what a what a fortunate position to be in to be able to do that too.
1: Yes. Yeah, I to think get to Chicago is unusual. Whenever I think of leaving Chicago, I think that there is a creation ethic that makes it really hard to beat uh, anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I don't know of anywhere else that is so accepting and embracing of the process of like trial and error and building something on its feet. <sighs>
0: I don't know. I don't know if I have enough experience trying stuff other places. <laughs> yeah. <the> way- <laughs> but I, I, I agree that Chicago does do well with that. Yeah. And um, fosters that. Do you think that... Um, have you been involved in projects where, that aren't comedic where you sometimes tested the material out in front of an audience at, or the the show out in front of an audience as you worked on it and wrote it and created it? Um, or And then other times... Created in a vacuum and then performed it, and when the end goal isn't necessary necessarily laughter, if you have worked on these sort of projects, do you still feel that process is as necessary and as helpful, or how that might be different? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I haven't done, I haven't done a ton of just like pure pure drama. Normally, if someone's seeking me out to work on something, it's because even if they want to talk about something really serious, they want to do it with an element of comedy. Um, but I would say yes. And I think that most of the time when people talk about like working on Broadway or working in any resident theater, the biggest thing they say is that they didn't have enough time to rehearse and that those shows usually like go up. It's like, oh, you have four weeks of rehearsal and then the show opens and everyone reviews it. And then a month later, a lot of those actors are like, that's when it was good. Right. Like we've been in it for a while. We sat into it. We saw it in front of an act. We had the Rhythm in our bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think every show can benefit from more time in front of an audience, and I don't know why. I would love, <laughs> I would love to see more shows, and I think I would go more if I could see a show the way you do at Second City, which is like, oh, I'm going to go at the beginning of this process, and then I want to go back and see how it's changed and adjusted. I would be interested in like if Steppenwolf was like, hey, come <laughs> see this show. It's Real up on its feet, new, but we're gonna make it better. And then I would probably wanna go back and see it again to be like, yeah, how'd you make it better?
0: Wouldn't that be bizarre if like Steppenwolf, like, slowly was in one play and this play slowly (laughs) melded and had a metamorphosis and transitioned into like something completely different?
1: Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf then gets from the cast with a group of actors who then slowly turn it into.
0: Something like Tennessee amazing. William, like, yeah. <gasps> we have to uh, tell them that... that
1: idea. That yeah, would be yeah, a yeah. dream come true.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like, what am I watching? Yes oh man I only saw one Steppenwolf play and I went <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was in the round and me and my friend got really high before we went and it was kind of like a sensitive um subject matter and I'm not gonna say what it was because I laughed and it would make me seem like a bad person um but we were like giggling so hard and trying to stop ourselves from laughing while it was in the round no. and everybody <laughs> It got so serious and like, we were just like, like trembling and like hitting each other like both stop laughing, like stop laughing, stop laughing. Oh my god, yes. It was so fun. <laughs> and so awful at the same time that we were doing that.
1: That's so. We're funny. the
0: worst.
1: No, it, I love that the end of that was. It was so fun.
0: It was so fun because you couldn't laugh, and there's yeah. it's so fun when you can't laugh and you're, you're laughing.
1: Yes, and you, know? you can't stop, and you're like, yeah, it feels like such a treat.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. why. Like, that's why. Like, comedy, like you know, is inherently mixed with taboo topics, right? Because like when you know you're like something's too dark or like a little bit like on the line of the edge, like that's where so much comedy happens because you're like, I'm not supposed to laugh. Yes. Right? Yeah. And now I feel like that's, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, there's like this like challenge in the zeitgeist of like a lot of, a lot of things are off topic or, or, um, we we need to be careful about, (laughs) but there's, uh, yeah i think we're like at a stage with a lot of things where it's like then avoid it yeah <laughs> you know and it's like wait can you can you can yeah. you find that that safe spot and that levity and that joy in in some of these topics that's yeah. welcoming and fun and not not um just being an asshole or being um a naysayer about things that were like well these are you know, good behavior things too. I'm being so vague.
1: No, I'm like what <laughs> out, are you out of that? out
0: of safety. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you know, I, because because um, there is so much that's taboo, um, it's a challenge for comedy. But also, it's also what creates comedy. You know?
1: Yeah. And I don't. I think it's so interesting. So rarely am I like, don't talk about this. Yeah. Most of the time, it's like, well, why are you talking about this? And what is it that you really want to say? Um, because I don't, I don't think that we're sick. I don't think that the idea is don't talk about a topic. I do think that it's like, oh, you don't have the experience to talk about that topic in a way that is nuanced. Or you think just by talk, like we were talking about with like the cheering, it's like you think just by talking about this topic, you're doing enough, but you haven't done like the research into it or like you think it's bad or good, but you're not, you don't have the point of view of why um
0: oh yeah man i heard something um the other day about breaking rules in general in life and um knowing you have to like 100 percent know the rule and like find the value and the in the the goodness in the rule to break the rule and like that's kind of true with comedy right
1: a hundred percent like
0: if you're like going out and just being edgy just to be edgy you're probably kind of just being an asshole. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. It's like and on, that's,
0: Yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
1: no, I was just gonna say, it's like when someone tells you, like, yeah, uh my friends tell me I'm super honest, and you're like, ooh, I bet that means you're just like You're mean. just
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I don't know, it's so interesting. Uh,
1: but I interrupted <laughs> you. Go on.
0: <laughs> oh no, no, no. Um I think that's the end of that thought. But it's it is just funny that like um when you're not supposed to laugh. That's often what makes us want to
1: laugh. Yes. Well, and what a joyful thing to watch. And I think that's it too is like one of the biggest – one of the first lessons is just emotion and showing emotion because it's really the first rule that you get to break. Even before you're – whether or not you're talking about a taboo topic, Mm -hmm. actually, if you say something in a scene – And I show that I'm really upset or that I'm really hurt or that I'm really happy, that will get a laugh because we know in society we're not supposed to show that much emotion, right? right? So it's like we're inherently breaking a taboo just by reacting in front of a group of people, honestly. Having a
0: release. Yeah.
1: It's like that's already really dynamic to watch because it's something that so often we're not allowed to do or so often the thing I find myself laughing about when I'm with my friends is like I could totally see that that comment made you mad that is so funny
0: yeah Uh, yeah as someone who's like god I have such a dark sense of humor like that's like often my taboo right is like that I want to cross and like it's so funny working with kids because like so many the shows like I've like directed I've been like yes go more dark
1: (laughs) i've seen those shows they're very funny it is just
0: it's uh yeah i'm like i hope your parents are okay with this (laughs) and often they are (laughs) as far as i know but like that's that's often my taboo of like i was just thinking about this the other day about like solo scenes that i have and like how many of them are like dealing with death or some like intrinsically awful like murder you know i have that that one bit where the where the kid finds his entire family dead (laughs) And he's like, ha, 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 I know this is just a joke, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like,
0: that's awful.
1: That is awful. That's such a funny scene, it's though. All, so awful. Good, that's a good bet. I have
0: a lot of scenes like that.
1: <laughs> but do you, but it goes back, I mean, because you are not a dark person. I think it's interesting. You, have, you do have a dark sense of humor or like, like playing those. But I find in life, you are not a dark, per, like it must be a fun thing to explore. because. You don't normally do that in life, right? Do I? I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am a dark person in a um I, I always um and I have a few friends that agree with me on this, that I feel like I just if uh, listen, th- there could have been a few couple things that just happened in my life as a child that would have pushed me over the edge to being a psychopath. <laughs> and I really think I'm I, I I don't think like I'm 36 now, I'm like if I was going to be a psycho, I'm not a psycho, but I'm yeah. like, there's a couple things as a child that if you saw me, you'd be like, oh, that kid's going to grow up to be a psycho. <laughs> and Jeez. I just like, I just escaped. But like, there's could be a couple like conditioning things that like, had they happened, it would have been enough to push me over the edge.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I, I do think I have a very like, <laughs> should I just tell on myself? Yeah, I'm, like, I said this everything. out loud the other day to like a couple people and I'm like, I this is so awful i just lull myself my brain to sleep every night thinking about a bunch of like machine guns like (laughs) shooting not people necessarily (laughs) (laughs) just shooting things or like bombs like exploding and like destruction like that just makes my brain it's just like such a soothing like a (laughs) soothing spot in my brain i'm like just imagining like going into like uh like uh fight against like the persians get all the people off the ship we're not going to kill people this is not about killing people but just like have modern day weapons and just get to go to town on those wooden ships (laughs) (laughs) i've never uh this is like it's it's not even a joke this is how i low myself to sleep a lot it's just a relaxing thing for me
1: that's is that fucking messed up Mm.
0: I don't think so. Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm, I, <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> I truly don't think I ever would ever want to do anything awful.
1: Right? No. Right? I would ne- I've never. I feel like there's something hearing you tell this where they say, like, the best uh, characters, like, reveal something that is both, like, inevitable and surprising. Oh, no.
0: Thinking, oh, 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 no. Oh,
1: no. No, no, no. But, like, it makes sense even just to hear you say, like, I was lulled. Like, it's not like it makes you excited. It's like a lulling. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. It's like it's very it's very bizarre
1: but so funny did you when you said it to your group of friends were they like oh or were they like
0: i think i said it to eli i think matt told eli because i've told my husband before and eli's like yeah that of course of course (laughs) uh eli weatherby is like the person i've collaborated with the most in like um the comedy world as far as just like doing shows on stage
1: yeah i like what a sick and and he's a sicko too That's a perfect pairing.
0: Anyways, I'm embarrassed I just told on myself. No,
1: don't be. I love it. I'm trying to think if there's anything I have. Yeah. I mean, I think this, again, just goes back to the beginning, which is like being nice and being positive, but also being like, oh, yeah, like there's more there. And it does filter. It's not about hiding it. It's about like, oh, yeah, that shows up. That shows up in so much of the work I do. Is like these themes or this, this aspect of yeah. like sadness or d- yeah. like. We're of
0: course, about. like of course, we all have the capacity for violence. We are evolved creatures, just like fight for our survival. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yes. that's built into us. And so, like, yeah, of course, don't act on it and don't like fan the flame every night you go to sleep, like I do. <laughs> but like of course like taboo oh boy my told too much
1: brother has um two beautiful dogs and he was saying he just moved and he had these like strangers coming to pick up furniture for his house and um so he was like selling a couch and they walked in and the dog went crazy and they were like whoa does he bark or does he bite?" (laughs) and my brother was like Mm -hmm. not yet (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. but he was like i didn't want to be like no strangers welcome into my home um and he was like also he is an animal we could all bite and i was like oh yeah just like people to that point of mm-hmm. like oh yeah this person would never like i feel like that's one of the things that keeps oh coming yeah up don't, like, don't oh, say that don't say that this person would never do this oh no this person would have never done that it's like well I bet so. I bet that person could lie about that. I bet that person <gasps> could have done just because we're all humans who make mistakes, but yeah. then also get afraid that we've made mistakes and make deeper mistakes, which is why, like, Breaking Bad is a relatable show at some level. you oh, like, oh yes,
0: yes. We're Matt and I are watching that right now. He's watching it for the first time. We're rewatching it. But- what an arc of like um, following someone become an an, an antihero and like staying on their side for a lot of people yeah. i sure did yeah um i i was gonna say to you too like i've um i decided that this i'm trying to like every month or so like find a topic right now mm. and like be like give myself a little bit more than a surface level understanding of it something that i'm already uh inherently interested in so it's not like just homework but it's been um world war Two month for me <gasps> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh-huh. But I'm listening to hardcore history right now on the uh, the Ost Front, and um, uh, is it Dan Carlin? Is he the host so. of that? Yeah, um, whoever the host of this, Dan Carlin, I think. Um, he uh was talking about um, you know the the whole idea of World War II and like the idea that Germans and all these people are just people who all did awful things so it's like of course we all can can do it um he was talking about a um a study they did um i think it was in i believe it was in the states have you heard of the study where they Mm -hmm. um they tested this out on like the american public (laughs) And, and it was like uh uh two rooms and in one room like somebody was like they they got a a person to come in who like saw an ad in the paper to um push a buzzer or push a button every time someone answered a question wrong to give them an electric shock. Yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. And like, um uh the voltage would go up each time they got it wrong and they had a tape recording on the other side of the room. People like would pound on the wall as it like intensified and it would keep going up and up and the the other person who was like running the the test was like, No, you can't stop. And they would do it almost all like majority of the time everyone would do it until the person like went from like screaming in pain and begging to stop screaming. And like you would imagine was dead that's... from the voltage and they would have, they would keep buzzing them and, or, or like shocking them. And it was quiet. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> most people in the U S did it. That's because they were told to.
1: Yes. Well, that's, uh, I was listening to something, uh, I think in the New York times, on the daily that was talking about uh, the January 6th, uh, all the the people who are going to be charged for storming the Capitol. Oh, yeah. And that some of them are claiming the same thing, which is that our our leader told us to do it. Yeah. Right? And so Mm. that's what they were saying is like from a legal defense, like that is a legal defense that you can say like someone in authority told me to do something and I had to follow them. Yeah. But also it doesn't give you permission to break the law. And having... I don't. I think that that's such an important lesson. As someone, I think yep. I was taught to listen to authority. It's something I constantly am uh, checking in myself now, to, like all the time, just to be like, yeah. why am I doing this? Is it because it's right? Or is it because I think I have to do what this person told me to do? Or like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Did I just blindly do what that email told me to do, even though I didn't want, you know, like...
0: Yeah, you have a moral obligation still to like not listen to leaders yeah you're not off the hook because a leader told you to do something
1: yeah and even what does the leader become like if you were if this is your podcast and you were like hey sit backwards and drink this water upside (laughs) down i'd be like "Oh, okay i guess i have to (laughs) yeah but at what point are you like no
0: i think we're also that's maybe one little that's one thing we train into ourselves as improvisers is yes 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 yeah sometimes um in in niche situations where the the detriment needs to be no and like we've talked um you know in this community a lot this past year about abuse in the theaters and like man how much easier does that spread when the idea is be a good ensemble member say yes right like it's like potentially a breeding zone for taking advantage of people right yeah. or like having somebody be in an ensemble or a class and something happened that they didn't feel comfortable with but you're just in this like um this world of like yes 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 right it's like oh boy like i could definitely see where that can get taken advantage of and you know
1: i won't teach yes and now without talking about yes and bullying they go hand in hand on like the very first day and whenever i talk about yes and for the first time it's like oh and also know that this could be used as a weapon like if these things are happening to you you're not in a yes and scenario you're in a yes and someone is using yes and to bully you into doing something yep um
0: that's that's awesome
1: yeah that's, that's
0: exactly important. that that was exactly like well i don't i can not say exactly but it's probably a big part of um letting sh- like theaters in chicago be a breeding zone for all sorts of things whether it's like mental abuse sexual abuse um racism like whatever it was like the idea of like
1: yeah 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 and not yeah it's such a shame there are so many there are so many ways in which i feel like that impulse to say yes to things has led me to take on projects that were way too hard (laughs) Uh. (laughs) and i learned so much and i did so much because of like not wanting i give i give chicago credit because i think sometimes we're like oh that that bridge is halfway laid down. I trust that it'll all be there by the mm-hmm. time I ride to the end of it. And I think it creates really great circumstances in art, but then also the ways in which that is like completely unsafe and trying trying to hold in my hand that both of those can be true. That it's like, oh yeah, here's this thing that I value for the experience it gave me, but also needs, can't keep happening. We can't keep asking people to go across a bridge that doesn't have, that isn't fully formed, yeah. um, at least without giving them like a parachute for when we
0: yeah.
1: inevitably fall.
0: And, and that's you know, and there's been a, a number of things we've spoken about today is that it's been like there is so much gray area in the performing world and in like comedy that like you taking a hard line on anything is going to have you at times cause you to miss the point yeah right if you take a hard line on yes if you take a hard line on you know yeah like yeah it's our ability to be flexible and like read the moment read the read the audience like know the spirit of the times and like
1: and ask questions and like not be afraid to be like hey at in an improv scene right if it was like we're dating now kiss me it would be like wait a second we don't yeah, just yeah, kiss yeah. or move on we would we could talk about it honestly it'd be like wait this is really surprising to me that I think even inviting that like whoa which would be totally dynamic to watch an improv scene right to yeah. watch one actor be like whoa let's figure this out and see what's happening to be like oh I get to do that as a person when I'm negotiating my salary for something I get to be like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Or like, whoa, this is completely – we need to talk about it and figure this out. Um, I don't just have to accept it. And I also don't have to just be like, no, <laughs> and That it's like, oh, wait, let's have the hard conversations. And let's also teach people – let's teach people how to have those hard conversations. Because it's – confrontation in this community is so hard. Every single time I feel like I have to confront – Someone about something, I'm like, oh, God, this is the end. <laughs> like, no, it's, not. it's all <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, it's yeah. always fine. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if, like, getting back to that grit and not just nice, right? Yeah. It's like if you avoid that confrontation, it's like, it, you know, it lacks substance, right?
1: Yeah. And what a disservice to everyone as well. Like, if we're yes. going to go back to the idea, and something I keep reminding myself of it is like if I'm in the room yeah. and I'm not contributing, I'm wasting everyone's time and I'm wasting my life. Um so what are the things that I if I'm here, it's because my opinions or my questions or my outlook is valuable. Yep. So it doesn't do any good to hide that or to just be like, okay.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Um Yeah, that people matter and that it's okay to disagree with something or it's okay to bring up a question. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That's so good. I hope so. <sighs> There's actually more I want to get into.
1: Yeah, tell me. I can't <laughs> uh, wait.
0: I feel like, okay, we'll call it here since <laughs> it's, it's an hour, but maybe we'll tease the next one we do.
1: I love it. Yeah.
0: I want to talk to you about teaching overseas.
1: <gasps> yeah.
0: Teaching in the middle east yeah which in directing like that's so like all of these things we just spoke about become a are seen through a different lens and like yeah that becomes a thing
1: yeah uh i would love it go on go
0: ahead i i want to get into it right now oh man um and uh also traveling together because (gasps) you're like one of my favorite travel buddies there are
1: so few people that i would take a trip with And you're one of them. Yeah.
0: I, um, we've, I mean, what? We, we've traveled to to, New York. We've traveled to teach together a lot. Yeah. That's uh, the the main way we've traveled in New York for, I guess, over six weeks total over the course of
1: three years. that was amazing. And budapest
0: let's not not let's just talk about let's just talk about it yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah. and new orleans new orleans yeah just you're
0: the best travel partner thank you and we've had this discussion before about like you need a certain something from a travel companion
1: yes
0: and we just work together
1: It is. I, I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same way. And it's just so lovely when you find someone that you're like, I genuinely love doing this yeah, thing yeah, with this yeah. person. And I, and it's not because we do things the same way, right? Yeah. It's not because we want to do the same things. It's just like a lovely meshing and acceptance and also independence. <laughs>
0: yeah, and understanding that like the right amount of time spent together the yes. right amount of time the right amount of like I'll take ownership of make, planning something for myself I'll take ownership of planning something together in the right amount of like willy-nillyness of like let's
1: do this <laughs> <laughs> of course let's do this my favorite Which day you're so good at. ever i mean top 10 days of my life was probably that day that we ate a ton of food at the olive garden in times square <laughs> Went to Central Park and then scalped tickets to see the Rocky musical yeah. on Broadway. That was all the same day? I think it was all the that same day. That was an day. amazing day. That was an amazing what, day. What
0: Yeah. What a powerful choice to be in New York and being like in, in, in Times Square and be like, we've got, first of all, we had like a stip- a good stipend to yeah. work with. So like we could go eat wherever we want and didn't have to worry about the money. And then be like, <laughs> you, but you know what we want to do? is go eat at Olive Garden.
1: <laughs> we wanted those unlimited, I think it was like soup, salad, breadsticks, yeah, yeah, and yeah, wine, yeah. and we yes. drank some wine.
0: <laughs> and we did exactly what we wanted to do. We weren't ashamed of like, we're doing Olive Garden in New York. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit, but.
1: Yeah, it, it was a fun, it felt like a, um, like mischief. I'm I'm interested recently in like, just the level of mischief yes. that is coming into the joyful moments. And I think there's, That was a day of like this feels kind of mischievous.
0: Yeah, like when you when you were like, let's go see Rocky the musical. When we say Rocky, we mean um,
1: Rocky Balboa. Balboa, Balboa, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) which was my first uh, Broadway musical ever to see. (laughs) And uh, Jess is like, let's buy these tickets from the scalper. (laughs) And he gave it like we gave him two
1: hundred dollars. Was it
0: two hundred dollars? We gave him yeah, that's a chunk of change for me. For me too. There's other people are like, yeah, of course, $200, right? I'm like, you know, and then he ran. (laughs) Like he got out of there and then we were standing in line and we started looking at our tickets and our tickets didn't look like (laughs) anybody else's (laughs) tickets. And we were like, oh no. And then we went through the line and I was still like, they're going to come and get us once we sit down, you know?
1: Yes, the whole first act, I think we were both just ready for someone to be like, you're sitting in our seats, get up.
0: <laughs> and if you haven't seen Rock the Musical, I don't think you can anymore, right? You
1: can't. It was only open for like four months, I and think. And
0: it was um it was not great, <laughs> but it was so awesome.
1: Yeah. That's the perfect way to describe it. It was yeah. such
0: the music wasn't sure. memorable. <laughs> the acting was whatever and the story, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You wanna know what my favorite part of the whole thing was the the set.
1: Yeah, the set,
0: the changing of the set. My favorite moment in the show um, was when they, for the final fight, they brought the stage. They took the people in the front few rows and they made it in the round. They had them go on stage and the and the uh, boxing ring moved moved center, and they boxed and like Rocky came in and who's the who's the uh, Apollo Creed Apollo Creed and they boxed. And people were standing on their feet in this theater cheering. It was amazing. And like, like it felt like you were at a sporting event, but completely invested in the drama and narrative of the character fighting. And like, just to this day, my favorite thing about that was the actors taking their bow at the end. Because the actors took their bow in a celebratory way as like, we just fucking won and like got to absorb it. And there's always this like humility of an actor taking a bow and like Oh yes, yes, yes. But it was just like, we were all cheering together of like, That's... <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I... My hair was standing on my arms. while I was explaining that everyone.
1: I was so, I mean, I'm so glad I was at like uh, a retreat for directors and then like all these um, very prestigious directors from all over the world. And, uh, the man who was facilitating was like, what's everyone's favorite theatrical (laughs) moment? And I was like, I've got to tell you, I saw this moment in Rocky and I was like, we don't respect you anymore. But I was like, it was truly, and I think there's something about that of like, to have 50 people stand, leave their seats, go on stage, sit in new seats and have it all be like a regular part. Like it was just so special to watch. And there was so much craft that went into making this moment in a Broadway show, like a sporting event. Yep. And we never get to feel that way at a Broadway show. Not never, but it's yeah. rare. That um, it is really cool.
0: Yeah, it was very cool. Also ties back to kind of like the idea of you're talking about of like what's the new creative thing we yeah. bring into the theater that, you know, doesn't just make it, you sit out in the audience and, you know. We'll talk. Yeah. The next year we saw Les Mis together, which <laughs> arguably should be the better the, yeah. the better musical, uh, musical, right? The more famous one. And I really disliked it.
1: I disliked it too. Did we leave? We stayed the whole time. I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime someone talks about Les Mis, because I think that was even it too. We were like, oh, we, we were so nervous about not wanting to spend so much money and see something <laughs> that wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then we saw Les Mis and we're just like, we are we crazy? Which is so interesting.
0: Yeah, isn't that? Because that, we should have technically liked that more.
1: Yeah, and it's like more renowned. Have. Yeah, it has this huge legacy.
0: Yeah. I always feel that way when I go to like operas and stuff like that. Then I'm like, I know I'm supposed to like this and so I'm liking it partly because I know I'm supposed to. Yeah. And then it's that type of fun. What do they call that? Like type two fun or whatever? Or type three fun? I forget which one it is. Where it's like, in the moment, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like working out really hard. Yep. You know, it's like in the moment, it's not fun, but afterwards, it's really fun.
1: I like hearing that. I don't know that I've heard. And
0: I feel that way about a lot of theater stuff. I'm like, I'm supposed to like this. And then afterwards, I'm glad I had that cultural event. But in the moment, I'm like, fucking end.
1: Yeah. That's, I always talk about that. And <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> no, I talk about, I think it's an important thing to talk about of like how often in a play... You stand there, and that's why um, teaching sketch comedy. A lot of times, people want to print the RO in like the program. It's like, oh, oh. here are the scenes. And I'm like, oh no! no. no, no, no. And I always say, like, how yeah. often have you seen a play that have all the songs listed? And there's a part of your brain that's like, Come check, on. check, yeah. check. How many songs do we have until we go? Yes. Like again, maybe we're just finding out that people don't like theater. I don't. I hope that's not it. But <laughs> so and a...
0: maybe we're finding out. It's just like you know. It's the same thing with music too, right? It's like. Yeah, you know like how many of us really appreciate like like matt my husband yeah. like really appreciates going to like a symphony because he's a cellist but i'm like all these songs sound the same to me after a while
1: yeah. <laughs> how many more? are we done now yeah. okay yeah
0: and some of these things that like aren't updated right yeah. um don't don't, you know, speak to us anymore. Um. Uh. My husband told me that, like, when people used to go to, like, concerts, like, I don't know, I'm gonna get this wrong, it was, like, Beethoven or so-and-so, that people would, like, faint. People would truly faint because they were, like, having a, a, um an overwhelming experience of, like, such a magnitude because, you know, most people weren't, like, hearing music like that in this intensity. Now we're just so used to it, yeah. right? And I'm, like, at one of those shows, and I'm, like, you have to end this. Please end this.
1: Yeah. So interesting. Make
0: this 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. What are the things that we're doing that are like taking medicine? When are we attending a yep. cultural event? Type
0: two fun? Yeah. We'll say that's type two. I don't know if, it's, if it is, but is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Well, it's fun afterwards? Is it fun afterwards? I don't know. Okay. I think that we're doing it. I think it's that's actually something I'm interested in, in theater too is like, what is the difference between theater I'm excited to go to versus theater that is important to watch? And how much of Uh, culture at some point... So like an opera... Because I've only been to one opera, and I believe that it is a truly dynamic art for my friends who direct opera, and they're doing a truly imaginative, groundbreaking work. Um, The only opera I saw was Medicine to take of like, oh, oh, I'm not enjoying this. And I feel like I have to in order to be a better person I don't know that I now I guess I'm enjoying telling you about it now
0: yeah no I, I that's how I feel about a decent amount of things
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so maybe that's it of like making more things not type 2 fun and making being like why is this type too fun and how can we make it type 1, one fun, fun when it comes to things that are entertainment so yeah. specifically like theater or concert or, opera, how do, yeah.
0: And also, I would argue like the the length of time that something is, um, you know, like how long a show is. Is it part of that? For me, it's like, are we saying that we have to f- like? I feel that way about books. Yeah. Like I'm like I don't need a book to be really long. Yeah. I don't. I think a lot of people feel like they're getting more bang from their for their money if they buy a book and it's a lot longer. I don't feel that way. I feel a sense of relief after I get through each chapter. Yeah. Um, And I, (laughs) this is uh, uh, such an uncultured swine. But I feel that way a, a lot where I'm like, I just want a little less actually.
1: Yeah. I was listening. I'm glad you said books. I was listening to a podcast about reading. And that was like one of the things that the woman said was like, we get this question a lot. How do you read so much? And they're like, because we love it. And so if you're not reading a ton, maybe you don't like reading, which is fine, like, but maybe find an audiobook that you really love. But also, what are you reading? And are you reading a book because you think you have to for self-betterment? Or are you finding books that really speak to you and that you really love reading? Yeah. That's like, oh, I could read 45 romance novels that are 99 cents and they bring me pleasure. Huh? Versus that, like, one wellness book that I haven't gotten all the way through. I don't, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when, when is it worth powering through? Yeah. <laughs> when is it like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, or when are you like, oh, I haven't read in a long time. And it's like, why? It's like, oh, because I'm trying to read one book that I don't want to read. Yeah. And so I have it's just an- stopped reading.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I listen to most things now. Yeah. And that's better for me. I retain more. I enjoy more. I enjoy it more. Um, I do I, I do get bummed because I do like taking notes when I read. Mm. Like I underline and circle and like I read a lot of nonfiction um and so I love taking notes and that's the one thing that I I do hate about listening. I think I like I retain quite a bit listening, but like I really do like taking like notes and it's really just too much work to be like I'm going to listen to this and sit down in front of a notebook and write down notes.
1: Yeah, that's something that I feel like the book industry should figure out. I feel like that should be I've also gotten more into like listening. I would always rather listen to something um, but I also love to take notes. I wish there was a way to even like speak. I don't know. I wonder what yeah. that looks like. It never
0: feels fluid. Like sometimes I will stop and like take like a couple notes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to lose that idea. But it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just not the same. And, and like going back and referencing the notes is not the same as when you go through a book. Like I love the process of like paging through my books and like seeing an underlined section yeah. or like. a a section that's like starred a little bit more because i'm like this is i like this a lot yeah um and finding the notes in that way and i I don't like the process of like looking back through like audio clip notes or like trying to match up a timestamp with a like oh "Oh, i gotta go listen it's just that doesn't work very well
1: i wonder if there would be a way for like do you listen on audible
0: i listen on uh almost exclusively on audible unless it's podcast or like um hardcore history i think i've just like downloaded it from his site
1: i i've been getting more into audible and i think i love it except for what you're just saying which is like oh i wanted i wanted to share something with my brother and couldn't find it and i was yeah. like i don't even know what yeah. this is called i wish there maybe was a way to star in audible. you can
0: take notes you can there's bookmarks but it, the problem is is just like you have to like type out the the thing you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's something different about underlining the exact thing they said and finding in the context, being able to quickly read, you know, whatever. I guess that's the price I pay for being a little
1: lazy. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I feel like I need to solve this yeah, you for Audible, but let me try. I was um, going to end
0: this earlier because we were at the hour mark, but I can't stop talking to Jess. She's a delight. Jess, a w- you will you please come back and do another yeah, one? I would love I feel it. Like i always can talk to you That would be such a delight
1: i'm also very excited as soon as we hang up to ask you a million more questions
0: yeah i know we're gonna hang out we're gonna have wine in the backyard (laughs) if you're watching and you're noticing the lights are flickering if you're watching on the youtube it's because this shitty ass house i live in when anyone runs the dryer now there's like a flickering no and we had our we had a landlord like come and check it out and as he does with everything he's like ah, okay and doesn't fix anything <laughs> doesn't fix anything so i hope you're enjoying the strobe light effect yeah it wasn't in your imagination if you're seeing it that is absolutely happening in my house
1: god bless those whoever's drying their clothes <laughs> Yes.
0: Yeah. it's great i hope they're so, dry.
1: they're so dry
0: also there's like way more people living in this apartment than are like technically allowed to be so there's a lot of clothes drying
1: is that how many people are upstairs
0: <laughs> a lot <laughs> <laughs> a lot they just like keep moving in man I just keep meeting another person it's only one unit up there with like three bedrooms wow it's at least six <gasps> thanks everybody for listening Bye. Jessica thank you so much for doing this <laughs> you're you are the best you're the best mm. dance
1: appetite dance in the middle of the night
0: come on dance appetite dance in the middle of the night come on dance wake up the appetite dance in the middle of the night come on dance Up the appetite, dance in the middle of the night, yeah.